0: You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us. Crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care. Whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go follow us on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can also listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. Bryson, three and zero. We're feeling good. How you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing great, man. Like you said, three and zero. I don't know how I could be in a bad mood, but uh, you know that they, they say teams that start three and zero they have a 75 percent chance of making the playoffs. So I'm I'm feeling really good.
0: Yeah, we're flying high right now. We got another return returning guest this evening, Kevin Avery, owner of the Four Man Rush, four time on this. This tenure of ours. Last time we had you on, Kevin, was August, right before the cutdowns. How are you doing? I'm doing good, fellas. Glad to be back on. What about yourselves? We're doing great, good, man. Great. It, 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 it's, it's good to be a Panthers fan right now. Let's get into last week's game real quick here. It was a big win, but an even bigger loss. That's my headline for that game. Carolina goes in Thursday night, finally gets the win um in front of the national crowd 24 to 9 over the awful Texans um Panthers scored yeah so let, let's talk about that a little bit um what are what were your guys's initial thoughts in that game um we'll go from there and, we, and then we can talk about injuries
1: yeah the uh I thought the Panthers struggled in the first half which was kind of worrisome and then you know, you, you had the Christian McCaffrey injury uh, that we'll get into later. I think that was in the first half. Um, but Chuba came in and played decent, I thought. You know, he he filled the role decently. I think he had 52 yards on 11 carries. Um, Darnold, I thought, played exceptionally well, besides the two fumbles that he had that, that weren't lost. Thankfully, if they were lost, it might be a different story. But uh, I thought, you know, when he had to push the ball down the field or get a first down or – whatever it was, he did it. He, he, he did what was asked of him um, throughout the whole entire game. And, um, you know, that's something that we're not used to uh, coming off of last season with Teddy back there. Uh, I mean, if we went in the half at seven to six with Teddy, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how that game turns out, honestly. So I thought, I thought Sam was, was good. Um, obviously there's room to grow for, for everybody on the team. Um, I'm sure Kevin's going to get into the offensive line, but uh, you know, I, I I was happy with the performance. Um, definitely came away with some 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 things I want to talk about. Um, but I'm gonna let Kevin hop in here and, and and give us a little synopsis of his opinion.
2: Yeah, well, for me, um, the first part of the first quarter was um, pretty much you know going good. You know, we were getting eight yards a pop. You know, with McCaffrey in, um, and then obviously once he left, that got cut in half. So, um, you know, that just shows you know his effect. You know, on offense, even when he's not there, because you know you got to pay attention to him. Uh, but, uh, but overall, though, um, the first half it was it was light tighter than what it, what it could have been. Um, I contributed to, um, you know, probably some fatigue. You know, the kind of players you know, on a short week. What I'm hearing, they don't, you know, they don't do any, you know, hitting or whatever before. It's just a lot of walkthroughs and things like that. So, when you're kind of out of your norm for a typical game and you're doing things a little. Uh, I guess, abbreviated, it can somewhat um, affect your performance, um, you know, because they basically had to treat Monday like a Wednesday, you know, when they uh, when they came in, you know, body, you know, not getting rested and things of that nature. Uh, but, but overall, the second half, which is where we had struggled, it's like we flipped it for a minute. You know, normally the first half we were scoring a majority of our points and, you know, just only have a few points in the second half. Well, it's like we flipped it around this time. Um, you know, it was just really good to see. Uh, I could tell that when McCaffrey left in the first quarter, that just kind of took the life out of the players. It's kind of like they had to look like, shit, what are we going to do? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, like, is he is he coming back? You know, it just seemed like a big lull took over, particularly offensively. Yeah, and, I agree with I I said the same thing
0: watching it. I feel like once – I feel like you could take the air out of the room once McCaffrey got injured. It was just like they, they just weren't ready for that at all. I mean, obviously no team is, but like they it took them a bit to get, you know, everything back together and, you know, things uh, moving on all cylinders again, it seemed like.
2: Yeah, one of the things I said on my, when I went live halftime, I was like, this is about to show me what type of coaching staff we got, you know, what kind of adjustments are going to be made uh, to pull this out. Are we going to make this game a struggle? Or are we going to just strap up, go out here and put boots to asses and, you know, and handle this game? And I and I think they went with option B, which was boots to asses. I, I like the fact that, <laughs> you know, we pretty much came out and and just I mean, the defense was playing magnificent for the most part. Um, that one touchdown they got, that was just that was just creative design, you know, them motioning to put four wide receivers on one side of the ball and just cause a lot of confusion going different directions, which is what led to Anthony Miller getting wide open. So I think that'll be something that they'll practice and they'll be ready from here on out um, in those type of situations. So that was a good teaching moment um, here for the team. But, um, you know, I, I just like the fact that the team just was able to shake that off and took care of a team that they obviously were better than and more talented than. And I think the final score was an indication of that.
0: Yeah, and hats off to Joe Brady. I've been harping these, you know, since week one that the Carolina has struggled in the third quarter. They did last year. They finally fucking scored that touchdown in the third quarter. They made the half uh, the halftime adjustments and finally put seven on the board, which was good to see. They only had the they had a they had a second drive at the tail end of the third quarter. They end up kicking a field goal at the start of the fourth, so that was good to see. I thought defensively, I mean, this team, this team defensively is, it's, it's, an, it's so fun to watch. Shaq Thompson, I wrote down, he's a, he's a stud. He's, he's having his, I think he's playing his best season this year right now. Uh, five tackles, tackle for loss, two QB hits, an interception on the year. He should have two or three already. I mean, he's all over the field flying around. And when you put guys in front of him and let him just, you know, fly around and do his thing. He's, he's good, man. He has really been good. I want to talk about though. We let's bring up, let's bring up the injuries here. Christian McCaffrey and JC Horn. Christian's got the hamstring injury, could be out a few weeks. Um, They didn't decide to place him on IR. So he could be back in a week or two here, maybe longer. JC Horn. That was a big loss broke. I think it was three bones in his right foot. Guys, I wanted to pose this, and Kevin maybe eluded this a little bit, and me and, me and Bryson were talking about this during the game. What's the bigger loss here, Christian McCaffrey or J.C. Horn? I'll let you guys have the floor.
1: Well, I mean, in my opinion, it's Christian McCaffrey. I think the offense is built around Christian McCaffrey, and I mean, a lot of Sam Darnold's success early in the season was from Christian McCaffrey either running the ball or out of the backfield catching the check down and going for 13, 14 yards every, every time he catches it. So, uh, it was nice to see the adjust, adjustment after they came out of halftime and made Sam Darnold not rely on Christian McCaffrey because he wasn't on the field. But, um, you know, that the team had, had brought in some running backs that they uh, worked out. I think Duke Johnson a couple other guys I never heard of, honestly. And I, it seems like they're, they're just going to run with what they have with Chuba and Royce Freeman. And then uh, maybe Rodney Smith out, off the practice squad, but I think uh, I think the Christian McCaffrey injury is definitely one that's going to be hard to overcome. Um, and, and the offense is going to have to find creative ways to move the ball down the field, um, especially with the offensive line playing like they're playing. Uh, but real quick, I just want I just wanted to mention a couple more uh, standout players that I saw from the game. Since we were talking about that, obviously you got to shout out DJ Moore. He had a hell of a game eight eight catches for 126 yards. Uh, one most underrated receiver in the NFL in my opinion and then Hassan Reddick had a, a sack and a half he continues his dominance on the defensive line I think he's top 10 in the NFL on uh, success rate um, c- coming off the edge um, success rate and then the Tommy Tremble coming out party I think that's why they felt felt decent about that trade we, that we'll get into later um, he had a rushing touchdown and a 30-yard reception so just a couple of players I wanted to highlight there, but yeah, uh, to get back to your point, um, definitely Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, is the one that
0: matters the most to this team, Kevin. Who do you got? McCaffrey, Horn.
2: Um, just to keep it interesting, I'm gonna flip it to the other side, I'm gonna give you valid reasons why it's JC Horn. Because number one, we've seen this with Christian McCaffrey last year, what it's like to be without him. So it's you know, I know it's a new team every year, but and don't get me wrong, I'm not by any means downplaying his his value or his importance, but you know, this won't be like a, Oh my God, what do we do? How do we game plan for this? You know, you got 13 games last year where you game plan and had uh, success running the ball and, you know, catching out the bat field without Christian McCaffrey, you know? So, um, so for me, I'm, I'm looking at it from an aspect of, you know, what J.C. Horn was doing, even though he's a rookie, but look at his impact, you know, he coming into the game, he had the second um, lowest, uh, QBR passer rating when target, I think it was like 41.3, um, you know, and that's for like not just rookie cornerbacks, but that's like all cornerbacks in the league. Um, he had only been targeted, what, three times, and only given up maybe like three catches um, here. So, you know, when you had that type of shutdown, hey, we ain't got a double team, take this what this, this is what really allows our defense, which I think has got to carry the team, to be honest with you, Uh, to be the way that they are because you don't have to, you know, double team the the opposing team's number one receiver. You know, that means that you can send more players out to the quarterback or you can drop more um, in the coverage, you know, when you're facing those, you know, multiple wide receiver sets, you know, just knowing that this one player can has got, you know, the number one option and, you know, with JC Horn, he's playing in both the slot and on the outside, the fact that he can neutralize the, you know, number one wide receiver option. Because when you think about it, even though it's only been three games, but have y'all seen the, you know, the what the number one option for each team, what they got, got nothing. You know, at least when they played J.C. Horn or when he followed them around. So I just think that this stellar defense they were having, having, um, that, you know, just, can you just really just plug in somebody? I know that, um, you know, we got guys like, you know, Keith Taylor, the rookie we drafted out of, you know, Washington, you know, uh, You know, how ready would he be? Uh, You know, we got an older veteran and, you know, Rashawn Melvin, who's decent, but again, who can have that type of impact, you know, as far as like saying, hey, I got this guy one-on-one, you know? I mean, -hmm. it's Dante Jackson in his fourth year with the big contract, you know, extension as a possibility. You know, is he willing to step up and say, hey, I got the number one wide receiver. Y'all figure the rest out. So, you know, for me, I, I think that the impact by the loss of J.C. Horn is going to be something that's going to be, you know, battle tested because now teams are going to be willing to target because he really wasn't getting thrown at a lot because he has showed when you do, you know, you get no success. So, you know, that's my argument. Why I think it'll be um, more – it's more going to be more of an adjustment to adjust without J.C. Horn and Chris McCaffrey because, you know, we've done this without McCaffrey before, but we never had a shutdown – we haven't had a shutdown corner in years that's allowed our defense to play the way that it's played.
0: Yeah, call me crazy. I'm I'm not playing devil's advocate. I thought J- the loss to J.C. Horn was huge, and I think clearly they they thought something of it making a trade for it. Um, a lot of the reasons you already said, Kevin, but the way J.C. Horn flies around the ball, he just he opens up for a lot of these other defensive players um, to to kind of move around and play fast too, which is good. Um, I also think the depth in the secondary is lacking. So with him going down, I think that hurts. I think that hurts them a little bit. And then for the reason you mentioned too, with Chris McCaffrey, they've dealt with it before they drafted. They drafted Chuba with this in mind, bringing in a complimentary back, but also keeping in mind, you know, McCaffrey's gotten injured. He's got an injury history and they brought in someone and clearly drafted someone um, to, to compete. And I, I think, I think Chuba is going to pick up the slack for him and what they had in the secondary behind, you know, Boye is coming back. He's going to add something, but I think without JC out there, you just have Jackson and Boye that makes that cornerback room a little thin. I'm not too confident in Thomas Oliver. Keith Taylor showed some promise here and there, but I mean, he ain't, he ain't JC Horn. So Bryson, you have any other comments on that at all?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, to to be fair, the Panthers have done it without J.C. Horn before too. Last year, he wasn't on the team, so I think uh, I think that, and then the the Chuba Hubbard picking up the slack um, for Christian McCaffrey. Chuba struggles in two major areas that Christian McCaffrey does not struggle in, and that's blitz pickup and catching the ball. So I think
0: that's a that's a
1: valid point. I I think I agree that, with that. It, I don't know replacing Christian McCaffrey and it, it just. Which you know, either way, I think it it makes sense, but re- replacing Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, is just a lot harder, especially when your offense is designed around that player, um, than than replacing a rookie cornerback who who was playing well. I I will say, I mean, obviously, I'm a huge fan of JC Horn, but um, I think just Christian McCaffrey is just a huge loss. Which hopefully he's not out very long. Um, I think uh, I think I saw an article on CBS that it was it was graded as less than a uh, a grade one um, injury, which it's not, there's no tear or anything. It was just a strain. Um, it was just a pull, a pull of the hamstring. So, uh,
0: it, Now it let me pose the question this way. Cause maybe this is, maybe I'm looking at it a little bit differently based off the length of the injury. Now knowing what we know, Christian's going to probably from the looks of it come back in a few weeks. We don't know that for sure, but that's a possibility. J.C. Horn might not come back this season. Are you still saying that it's a bigger loss to have Christian McCaffrey out a couple weeks and J.C. Horn out the whole season? Because that's the kind of way I'm looking at it. I think think impact-wise, Christian McCaffrey has a bigger impact on this team than J.C. Horn does. I agree with that. But
1: Yeah, yeah, I I was just saying, uh, like, just missing, like, in one game, missing each of those players, which one is a bigger impact. I mean, obviously, I think losing J.C. Horn for the whole season – Is going to have more of an impact than on the whole season than losing Christian McCaffrey for two or three games will. So, Mm
0: -hmm. I just
1: think I just think the game plan as a whole changes a lot more when you lose Christian McCaffrey than it does when you lose. Yeah, and
0: one thing too, and I forgot to bring this up in the argument is, yeah, it's a huge loss to lose Christian McCaffrey. He again, he had that crazy block in the Jets game that you probably wouldn't have Robbie Anderson scoring that touchdown if he doesn't make that block. He, that's a, that's a, he's got a huge upside there, but also I feel like with him out and you saw this in the last game towards the end, Sam Darnold was, you know, getting some of these other guys involved. He wasn't so focused on, oh, McCaffrey's there for the check down. He's my safety blanket. Let's get it to him. And I feel like you saw Joe Brady open up the playbook more or Sam Darnold looked to other guys, which I think is a positive, too. So I feel like there's an underlying thing there as well. Kevin, any thoughts on that?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, to count on Bryson's point, was saying that, well, J.C. Horn won that last year, but look at the impact on the defense. Look at our third-down defense this year from last year. You know, we actually know the opposing team's punter's name now. You know, we wanted the teams leading the NFL in three and outs. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the ability to, like, eliminate, you know, conversions about third down via the pass. Like, we're top five. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, but, he wasn't here last year, but we didn't have that type of impact in our in our secondary that allowed that to happen. You know, we had, you know, what, what Rasul but, Butler. Douglas. Uh, Rasul Douglas. Rasul yeah. Douglas. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, God God knows he tried, you know, (laughs) I mean, you know, God bless his heart. I mean, I don't even know if he's, you know, playing with anybody. I mean, hell, I see that, um, what's his name? Russ Cockrell went back to Tampa and got a ring. So, you know, damn, you know, it's crazy, but, um, like I say, just to have fun with the argument. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, like I say, if if someone doesn't get that shutdown ability, would his defense be as effective as it is currently, as it currently is now? you know, that type of coverage allows us to get all these sacks and hits that we're getting. Cause these quarterbacks are not immediately throwing open, like they're, you know, like they're used to doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a fair point. And, um, I, I think the third down the third down percentage, uh, definitely, uh, the defensive line helps, helps a lot with that, with the way that they're getting pressure, but absolutely. I mean, I think JC Horn is a big part of the reason why, uh, we've been getting off the field and, um, and I, and I agree with you, man. I, I'm a huge Horn fan. So, um, but let's uh, unless you got anything else, Curtis. I just want to transition into um, the potential replacement for why J.C. Horn is out, or for while he's out. Um, no, I'm
0: cool. Let's move on. All right.
1: So there was a there was a trade um, that happened. Uh, it was was it yesterday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it happened yesterday. Um, the Panthers traded Dan Arnold in a third to the Jaguars for C.J. Henderson and a fifth. Um, there's a lot of Conversation swirling around CJ Henderson, if he's, you know, if he really has love for the game, if he wants to keep playing. Uh, there was even reports that he considered retirement this past off season. Uh, I didn't, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on the trade. And do you think Matt rule can, can turn his career around? I mean, he was just a, the 10th overall pick last year.
0: Yeah. Let me jump in here. Relax. We need to relax. And it's not you, the outside bullshit noise. Matt Rule, if there is anyone who's going to turn around a player, it's going to be Matt Rule, okay? This guy knows – they've dealt with guys like this before, and I feel like Matt Rule is the guy to do it. And the Panthers cornerback co- coach, Evan Coopers had some relationship with him. I think that's a big reason why they brought him in. Um, the, Matt Rule loves guys that are – they just have – they're just purely talented. The guy was a ninth overall pick last year. And if he can figure out the stuff in sh- and then the shit inside of his mind and, you know, and Matt rule can get his love for the football and love for the game back, which I think he can do. I think this was a steal. It really was and it is a no brainer. Dan Arnold wasn't doing a whole lot or De- uh, Sam Darnold wasn't hooking up with him at least. And tremble has started to come on a little bit. And hopefully we see a lot more of him involved in these next couple of weeks and Ian Thomas, but I think to get a, to get a number one or get a first round pick from last year, a guy that they heavily vetted and was considering taking uh, alongside Derek Brown in the first round or taking him over him. This is, this is a no brainer. And I just, it's, I think it's about time us as fans can finally get excited for a GM who gives a shit during the season. He is going out. You have a guy like JC Horn, who's had such an impact on this defense go down. And I don't know if Marty Herney was doing this in the past and he just couldn't get the deal done, but to go out and go get a guy like this, who, yeah, there's risk involved. I mean, like you said, you mentioned it. There's, there's, you know, um, Urban Meyer having to drive to his house to come pick him up to go practice and all this other shit that you're hearing. Yeah, there's some risk. But if this guy can get it together and do his half with what he did in Florida, I think they got a really good trade here. And it's it's so exciting to see Scott Fitter American Merkin, man. I'm sure any team that wants a trade right now, Scott Fitter is the first one on speed dial for any team that's going to get rid of someone. Kevin?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, this this trade, I, you know, I was pleasantly, you know, surprised, you know, because he was someone that the Panthers were considering taking with the seventh overall pick in the draft last year. But, you know, no one f- f- um, saw uh, Derek Brown falling that far, who, who was my pre-draft, you know, uh, crush per se, because uh, I knew how bad we needed to uh, find that interior lineman on defense to really, um, you know, help us get this turned around. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, for the things that you mentioned, you know, the relationship that Panthers defensive back Evan Cooper had, you know, he offered um, C.J. Henderson a scholarship, you know, when he was uh, – matter of fact, I heard it when he was playing JV. <laughs> you know, that's how intrigued he was that early, that in the ninth grade. You know, he was that interested in um, in um, C.J. Henderson. And then on top of that, you know, Matt Rude tried to recruit – uh, CJ Henderson when he was at Temple, you know. So the you know the obviously this current Panthers coaching staff has definitely been a been a fan of CJ Henderson. So when the opportunity you know came up, and for what we gave up, you know don't get wrong, I was a fan of Dan On and I was excited to see him. But let's call it what it is: we gave up a journeyman tight end and a third round pick you know, for which you can make arguably the guy who has the talent to have to be the top cornerback out of the 2020 20, um, draft. you know, that's, that's, that's a walk off grand slam for me, you know, um, you know, so, Hey, we're not picking nobody day two of the draft and draft next year. whoop de doo you know, we're talking about, you know, I'm looking, you know, long-term I'm looking at 2022, which is, which sets up perfectly for what I've been saying, wait to rules third year. You know, when teams trot out, you know, because 11 personnel with one back, one tight end, three wide receivers is used 60 percent of the time by offenses. The fact that we can put out a a, a healthy hill, J.C. Horn, um, a, a rejuvenated C.J. Henderson, or uh, re-signed Dante Jackson. And we still got A.J. Bowie. And then for depth, we still got, you know, um, um, a Keith Taylor. Uh, man, I haven't been excited about this cornerback room in a long time. Long, long time. I mean, not only are they young, but they're talented. You know, they're athletic. They're they're fitting the mold that that Matt Rule has put in. I mean, you know, I don't want to label them yet, but you can see that with Fitterer. You know, he's trying to create Legion of Boom 2.0 Southern style. We're you know, all for it, man, you know, we're <laughs> all for you know, you know, with the hot sauce on it, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, or, or no flies on. We south, go with no the whiskey.
0: Frank hot sauce, dude. This ain't you that know. generic shit either.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um,
0: no Texas yeah, so, come fucks. on, Curtis. Yeah, no. for
2: real, Texas Pete, that's the one. Fuck Texas Pete, come on. <laughs> we
1: we live in Winston Salem, and you're saying fuck Texas Pete. All right.
2: yeah. Nah. So so for me, um. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited. And main thing for him, because, you know, they was talking about, you know, I know y'all spring about hip-hopstered retirement. You know, whatever mental health. We did an episode this all season. Four-man rush talking about the importance of mental health on NFL players. Before he plays on the field, you know, the Panthers have their own, you know, psychologist. Um, she graduated from Winston-Salem State. Um, we, uh, we, did a, we did an episode on her last year as well. Love this shout-out. Love the yeah, shout-out. She, she, um, she definitely – um was the first psychologist to work for NFL team full time. She actually has her own office at Bank of America stadium. Um, so, you know, the fact that, you know, we have someone there that can, you know, that not just CJ Henry, but the players can go to, I think that will be something I like for whatever mental issues, health wise that he that concerns that he has, I want those resolved before he gets on the field, you know, um, I think that's more important because if he can get back to having his love and his passion for the game, you know, because when he was playing last year prior to getting hurt uh, with his groin, you know, he was shutting things down, you know, so we're talking about potentially having, you know, a premier duo cornerbacks that could be lasting for several years, uh, potentially. So,
0: And we haven't even talked about his contract, 1.2 million (laughs) this year. 2.4 2.4 million next year and 3.4 million the year after for a
2: first round
1: pick. Yeah, that's Come nuts. On. That's nuts.
2: And throwing the fifth year option.
1: Yep. Yep. You know, and, and I think even this season he's uh, when he's played um, he's graded, I think in the top 10 for corners in uh in uh, run defense. So he's, he's stepped up his game there. Um, and then like Marshawn Lynch said, you got to take care of your chicken. So, uh, hopefully he, he gets his, uh he gets his, his mind, right. I, I think, you know, a change of scenery is, is good for people. A lot of the times, I mean, so far it's looked good for Sam Darnold. So uh, hopefully this, these, uh these coaches and the staff can, can get him right. And, you know, I think CJ Henderson is literally a clone of, of the build of corner that JC Horn is like, they are so alike. Uh, Like they're even their uh, RAS scores, like, their height, their weight, like they are literally a clone of each other almost. And to have both of them on one roster uh, for the foreseeable future, if they stay healthy, is just—I mean—Panthers fans have a lot to be excited about
0: with that. Let's talk about Fitterer. What What are your guys' thoughts on this guy so far? I did, I'm just curious.
1: <laughs> I, I love him. I mean, I I I really, you know, I I I'd, I'd like to see him address the offensive line a little bit more, maybe, but. Other than that, I think, you know, he's made solid moves all around the roster. And, I mean, Justin, since the time he's been here, I mean, this roster has gotten 10 times better. And since the time Matt Rule's been here, it's gotten 100 times better. Uh, you know, I, I think that, that together they're, they're a great pairing. Um, I think that they're going to be here for a long time, uh, obviously with the Matt Rule's contract and mm-hmm. um, stuff. You know, we can anticipate that. But I think that together they make a great team. And um, he seems like he's a legitimate talent evaluator. Um, and, and we don't have to lie and say he's the best college talent evaluator in the NFL, like uh, Tepper did about Herney, because we all know that's not true. Um, God, I don't, don't even like talking about him. It makes me <laughs> talking about him. But, yeah, man, I mean, I'm just excited to have a competent GM.
0: Yeah, let me pose it this way to you, Kevin. Seattle, they got shit by Russell Wilson for not – addressing their offensive line do you think I know he hasn't done a lot yet with the offense line we all know that do you think he's learned from that and will change or you just haven't seen enough yet to make that make a comment on that
2: well for me you know I know Fitterer's got the title of GM and things like that but Per the contract, all final personnel moves are approved by Matt Rule. So for me, it's got to go back to him. What I'm thinking is Matt Rule's approach to the offense line we brought in—they mostly been, you know, RAS heavy. And for those that don't know what that is, that's the relative athletic score. You know, these these are guys that you know have great athletic traits um, and skill set, and, and what he did that made him successful in college was to coach these, traits, coach these players with these traits up and make them effective into winning. And I think that in the second year, on the seven, he wants to see if his way can work in the NFL. And I think that if he goes back and re-watch this whole season, now, don't get me wrong, I hope our offensive line play improves, but I don't have enough confidence to see anything yet um, to feel like that it's going to improve by much and that we pretty much going to live by the skin of our teeth um, and hope they do just enough to make us, you know, allow us to get enough points to win. Um, I think that when he looks back at this season, regardless of the record and see, you know, the, you know, how low our pass block win rate is, how low our run block win rate is, I think that with us with us having the type of upcoming salary cap that we're going to have, and even though we're missing, you know, day two draft picks, I really see offensive line being something that uh, that's going to be addressed. Um, They're going to go I, heavy. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, even though we lock Moten up, you can make a case that all four positions that's all season are, are, um, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing off limits to be replaced. You know, John Miller, a current starting right guard on a one-year contract. This is Paris last year of his three-year deal that we signed him in 2019. Um, F-line could we see? Could F- we
0: see a Chiefs? You know, a Chiefs thing. I don't mean to cut you off, where oh. you see a whole new offensive line basically through free agency in the draft.
2: I, I will hope. So my hope is that the play that we do this year will make us in a more attractive place. You know, because you know, if we play in this level, if we can maintain this level of play, or even go even higher with this defense, and as an offensive lineman, you think, damn, they just an offensive line away from being the shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking that that's going to be something that could possibly be, make this an attractive place. You know, Matt Rule's already getting the reputation around the league of being, you know, a player's coach, someone that's, uh, you know, encourages let the players be themselves, but, uh, you know, go by this mantra of, you know, let's get once 1% better today than it was yesterday. Um, you know, I, I really think that, that that could be something that could, cause that to be an attractive situation because if you look at upcoming offensive linemen that's coming free agents um, in next season, it's, it's, it's some good prospects out there. Uh, now, with this offense that we run, you know, with Joe Brady, we are primarily a zone um, a zone blocking team, but I'd like to see us get some guys with some man power blocking schemes because, I don't know about you guys, when it's third and one or fourth and one, I'm not confident whatsoever. Unless it's Sam Darnold
0: running up the middle.
2: <laughs> and, and and even that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad they called it a touchdown because that's my team. But if I was a Houston Texan, I'm like, that wasn't no damn touchdown, you know, on that on that second one. I mean, you can make a case for that. Uh, you know, I, 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 I would just hate that our playoffs would be on the line, fourth down, on the one-yard line. We need a yard to go, five seconds left you know, and we try to run the ball and get stopped. Mm-hmm. That would be the most sickening way to, 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 to that break a football fan's heart. The fact that we can't get one yard, like uh, I'm going to do the research and put it out later to convert during Matt Root's tenure. So far, how our conversion rate um, has been on third and one and fourth and one, because I've seen way more failures uh, than successes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm.
1: Kevin, I wanted to ask you, while we're on the topic of offensive line, why are, why are these rookies not getting, getting any playing time right now, man? Like, why is Dennis Daly – and you know, John Miller, I think is, he's been okay. But uh, even when Elf Line was in and playing dog shit, like the worst offensive lineman in the league, um, why are Deontay Brown and Brady Christensen and even uh, Michael Jordan, the, the guard we signed from the Bengals, like why are these guys not, not getting a chance out there?
2: Well, if you want to if you choose to believe what Matt Rule say, and I, I typically tend to do, even though, you know, he, he is known to, he'll never throw a player under the, you know, if he, and I can respect that. You know, a lot of fans be like, man, Matt Ruby line, he was just saying this one of the best. And now he's gone, you know what I'm saying? So I, I respect that he doesn't throw players under the bus, regardless of what personal moves they got going on behind the scenes. So that is what it is. But from what he says about Deontay Brown, um, it's primarily a thing of making sure that he keeps his weight in check. Uh, he is currently in the three thirties. You know, when he was at the singing bowl earlier this year, he was in the three sixties. When he came to training camp, he was in the three forties. So now he's down to the, the, I heard the lower to mid 300, three thirties, which is where they kind of want to, you know, kind of want to keep him at. Um, but he said that far as him goes, he doesn't provide that flexibility position flex because he only plays one position, which is guard. Now, mind you, that may be the case, but instead of having him at right guard, which we saw during the preseason, why not put him back in this position he had Alabama at left guard, which by far has been the biggest eyesore to watch so far oh, this season. You cool. know, whether it's l um, the, the snaps that Brady Christensen um, has gotten. I mean, my God, it's just like so abusive. Like it really made mm-hmm. me appreciate. The, Graham, the Greg Van Rodens that we had that man that position down. You know, I mean, it's just really like, wow. And then the whole thing with Brady Christensen, um, you know, getting reps to play. Uh, he got, like I said, he got those elite traits. But when I watched his film during the preseason and I, and, I sh- and I shared my breakdowns online with him, even when he's playing against second and third stringers, he wasn't dominating. Now, he does have an elite first step. His get off on the line of ball is quick as hell i love it i'm, I'm not even gonna lie for me he takes good angles but when it comes to bringing that ah that physicality to that to that defender uh he's lacking he gets he gets thrown off easily um he's he's not you know he's not putting that er uh, into his blocks and to, to get the guy away now i'm not saying he's got a pancake everybody but you know you got to get some movement you know, getting mm-hmm. there fast, you know, and getting there strong is two different things. I like the fact that he gets there fast, but once you get there, what you going to do with that defender? And that was just something that repeatedly um, I just I just don't see enough of. And as far as the other guy we got, Michael Jordan out of Ohio State, college that went to um, Penn State, uh, he was going to be a developmental player to be brought along slow anyway, Matt said when he got here. You know, whether it's mid-season or late-season, um, he's someone that we're thinking about down the road, so I wouldn't expect to see him. Um Anytime in the upcoming weeks, which is fine because again you're thinking long term.
0: Going back to Deontay Brown a little bit, I think this game is going to be a wake up call for the offensive line. I think you're going to see the true colors of how shitty the this front five is. And I, you can quote me on this. I think Brown will start after this game. That's my prediction. He will start at left guard after this game. I think they're going to have a hard time with Dallas's defense, and Daly, is he's not cutting it, man. He he's 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 just not cutting, it. and Elfline wasn't either. That might be the worst signing Scott Fitter has done so far, and you and you can put Matt Rule on that too if he's calling the shots as well. But Elfline just isn't the guy, and Daly so far isn't. And I I, I like Kevin's point before you could I think you could really see. Four four different offensive linemen in here next year, um, which would be nice. Some, yeah, I hope some so. elite free uh, agents yeah. coming in. But yeah, I think this offensive line, me and Bryson have been talking about this for months, and Kevin, we've talked about it with you. They are gonna live and die by this offensive line. This is going to be the Achilles heel of this team, and it has been for years because they don't know how to fucking address it. It's really ridiculous. And hopefully. They give some of these rookies some time. I like Christensen. I wasn't a huge fan of him earlier, you know, a couple months ago. But I think from what I've seen from him, I think it, he's worth a shot at one of these guard positions. I don't think that he goes to tackle yet. But that was one of my questions. And this kind of sticks with the offensive line. Do they shake things up this week? Because they had, they had nine days off. I mean this is the mini buy for them, and I posed this question on Twitter. Do they make a decision here where they put um Brown in or Brady Christensen somewhere do you do you guys think they're set at Irving, Daly, Paradis, Miller, and Moten? I think they stick with it, but I think after this week changes are coming, but I just uh, yeah. want to get your guys' take
1: I think th- I think they that's their starting five for the, for the Cowboys. I don't think they're gonna change anything.
2: Mm, I'm thinking it's a potential because, again, if I take it off what Matt Rule said when, you know, when it was asked why, you know, Deontay Brown, uh, you know, whenever uh, F-line would hurt, why he wouldn't get to play on the Texans. And Matt Rule said, and I quote, well, only because it's a short week and that's a, that's a short amount of time uh for to expect the rookie to play. So when you think about that, okay, if that was a short amount. of So had it not been a short amount of time, was there a possibility? So for me, now that you've had 10 days, you know, now that you, quote, had this animal in the cage by keeping them inactive, could it be a possibility that, that you know, during the reps during practice this week that he, um, you know, earns the chance to, I'm, I'm going to say start at least be getting reps? Um, you know, he didn't say he wasn't ready. He just says just a short amount of time on a short week you know, to throw a rookie out there. So for me, let's I say this, every- do,
0: you, do you think he's going to be a healthy scratch this week? Cause that's been the thing he's been a no, healthy scratch not. these last two games. Is he going to be the healthy scratch this week?
2: No, he would not. I think he, I think he gets to rock the Jersey this week and being um, full pass uniform.
1: I agree. I, I don't, I don't think he'll be a healthy scratch, but I don't see him starting, but you know, I, I could see him getting some reps this week for sure if they're trying to ease him into it, if that's their plan, then um, I, you know, I don't think that the Cowboys defensive line is better than the saints defensive line that we faced. Um, I think the Cowboys have, you know, they've had Michael Parsons lined up on defensive line and he's been pretty good, but uh, I think they lost Dexter Lawrence. um, And then other than that, you know, I really don't know uh, very many more players on their defensive line. So uh, I, I I'm not really as worried about the, Cowboys defense as you seem to be Curtis um, is the defensive line wise so um, I, I could see them transitioning Brown in to, to get his feet wet during this game
0: that's fair well let, let, let's go to quarterback because this is this was something we talked about all off season about and you know so far so good from Darnold. I want to pose this question to you guys I saw this today in an article. Comeback player of the year. I know it's early. We're only three games in, and Carolina's had a cakewalk of a schedule. I maybe the Saints game was that was a that was a decent one. But comeback player of the year. I'll start with you, Bryson, on this. Do do you think he deserves it or is at least in the running?
1: I think Dak Prescott's gonna be really hard to beat. <laughs> this year for comeback player of the year if, if he plays throughout the whole year. But um, I, I mean, I don't even know if really he's going to be in the conversation because I think it's more of, you know, people, players that were out for the whole season or missed a significant amount of time. I like, he, he didn't miss that many games last year, did he? Like he missed like what, six, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, I, I really don't think he'll be in the conversation for comeback player of the year. Kevin.
2: You know, with the media obsession with, you know, like, like you said, with the Dallas market, um, it would be hard for me to uh, to, to see that. Um, Now, if he wouldn't have missed any time, I I would think that uh, if anybody would have been in position, I think McCaffrey would have have been in position for combat player of the year. Absolutely. Um, You know, because he missed 13 games. Um, What exactly is Sam Donald quote coming back from? Now, I don't know if they got this NFL, and correct me if they do, but um, I know it's comeback. Uh, don't they have, like, a most improved player award, uh, if I'm not mistaken?
0: I'm not sure, but let me give you the definition. I, I'm quoting Wikipedia, so get off my ass already because I know people are going to be on me for that. But according to Wikipedia's definition of NFL comeback player of the year, it's a player who's shown perseverance in overcoming adversity adversity in the form of injury or simply a poor performance. So if we're going off that, there is a possibility that he could be in it. Again, this is Wikipedia. I just did a quick search on Google, but that is something to keep in mind going off of that award. But Dak is a good one.
2: And I just looked up, yep, they do have a uh, most improved player of the year award. It was won by Josh Allen last year. So um, I think that, you know, if uh, Sam Donald can start getting a a pretty steady touchdown interception ratio, you know, three to one or better. um, You know, I I think that he could put his name in the mix. Um, You know, I like the fact that he's, (laughs) quote, dual threat you know, three passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, uh, you know, you know, I'm just having a little fun with a dual threat thing. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you look at the results, I mean, Hey, I mean, if a guy got three of each, you know, he's a dual threat. Right. But, um, but I think that if anybody, I think he have a better chance, Sam don of getting most improved player, particularly if the Panthers go get, get into the playoffs and largely because, you know, even though the defense is playing, but because he, uh, was able to be effective and use the weapons at his disposal. Because even without Christian McCaffrey, you know, we still got some real legit, you know, threats here. Now, McCaffrey mm-hmm. makes those threats even more dynamic. Uh, but, you know, we could put out some some talent on the offensive side of the ball that's going to give teams fits. And then, you know, with the way that Joe Brady schemes players open, like, I don't know if you guys ever, like, go back and watch and just see, even if the guy's not targeted, you'll see a guy like, damn, he's wide open. How'd he get open?
0: You know, Robbie. like several times last game
2: like like the play design on our passing plays man is just like damn you know what I'm saying so um yeah I, I think uh Sam if anything he got a better chance at most improved uh player of the year than um uh, combat player of the year
0: yeah I feel like that's a runner up award for that this was a question <laughs> I didn't give to Bryson before because I feel like you guys are the cheerleaders for both of these people, at least at one point in your tenure as podcasters, so we got to post it. i you guys can fire away, but we got to bring it up. Teddy Bridgewater versus Sam Darnold. Kevin, I know you were a big Teddy Bridgewater fan. Bryson was not. Bryson like Sam Darnold. Just what do you? What are your guys' thoughts on these two QBs? Do you think? I mean, at this point, I I think we know the answer. But do you think the Panthers made the right move here with Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater? Whoever wants to fire away, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm pulling up the uh, Broncos schedule right now. Give me one second here. Um, well, where are they at here? Yeah, so they've played the looks like they've played the, the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets, the, the Broncos have to start their season. <laughs> they, they might have the easiest schedule ever to start the season, and, and people want to say that the Panthers do. But, uh, I mean, the Saints coming off the Packers game were supposedly still one of the best teams in the league, and then we embarrassed them. And, oh, Jameis is old Jameis. So I don't want to hear any of that shit about the Saints. But, uh, you know, I, I think the schedule for, for – uh, Teddy has played in favor for him, definitely. Um, you know, I think it's played in favor for Sam Darnold, so I'm not saying it's one-sided there. Uh, I think that this, the Saints are better than any team that the Broncos have played, and I don't think that's really an argument, but the Broncos have literally played three of the worst teams in the league. Um, and those numbers that Teddy are putting up is, I mean, it's kind of similar to the numbers he put up to start the season last year with Carolina, and can he do that for 17 games now? I have 100% certainty that he can't. Uh, I I don't think he's that kind of quarterback. Um, I think Donald finishes the year with better numbers than Teddy. I think that the Panthers are just a better team than the Broncos are at this point. I I mean, I think – well, I can't say for certain about their offensive line. I don't really know much about the Broncos' offensive line. I I can just guess that they have a better offensive line than Carolina because Carolina has a a terrible offensive line, but – but, I, you know, I think that the Broncos do have a, a talented roster with Cortland Sutton and then Jerry Judy, who's hurt. But And then they got uh, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, the rookie out of UNC, who I'm a big fan of. But, you know, I, I think we, we can compare the two. But right now I don't really think it's, it's uh, a fair comparison. I think once we get 10 games in, let's look at it and, and see where they are numbers-wise and, and, and start comparing them. But right now it's just too early in the season – um, the Broncos have had an extremely easy schedule. The Panthers have had a kind of easy schedule. And uh, it's just really not fair at this point.
2: Well, you know, I'm doing a side-by-side here. And um, it's scary how similar they uh, their, their number and productions is. Uh, start with the, the basic stats. You know, Sam Donald, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, yards per attempt. Um, you know, for the players, uh, it's damn near neck and neck. Um, the, to be honest, Teddy is actually um, completing passes uh, yards per temp a little bit further. Not by much, but, you know, it's by a yard more than um, uh, than Sam. Obviously, Sam got the advantage with the uh, rushing touchdowns, of course, because Teddy doesn't have any. So Sam is counted for six. Teddy's accounted for four. Uh, we can look at times they've been sacked. Ted has been sacked what, seven times. Uh, Sam Donner has been sacked, let's see, six times. So, I mean, these two players, which I figured fans would, you know, be doing a, you know, a season-long comparison to, um, you know, they're pretty much, you know, interchangeable. I mean, if you, you know, swap them on the same teams, I think you would have similar results. You know, I think that. You know, Sam has the type of defense that Teddy didn't have um, last year. We you know, I think, which helps out a lot. And I think that um, uh, Teddy has—I um, don't want to say better offensive weapons because that would be a stretch—but I think he has more balance. I mean, when you think about a Jared Judy, who I think is—you know—if you ever know, guys watch his route running, I mean, that is just freaking scary how, how he abuses people. Like, it's just, uh, it's just crazy. You know, um, I definitely think they have a better tight end game with Noah Font um, than what we currently have at this time. Although I do see Tommy Trimble, you know, up and coming Um, uh, for these players. I mean, I just wish them both well and success, you know, how freaking cool would it be? (laughs) And this would be the biggest stretch if we met again, Panthers versus Broncos, Sam versus Teddy, man, you talking about a media that would be field much, day. Man.
1: That would be just crazy. Man,
2: that would be abusive. But um, let I me mean, calm down. 3-0 and only means that you're not going to be 2-15. and That's the only thing that guarantees at this point. You know, so I'm, I'm not like some fans taking victory laps. Oh, that means we're going to the playoffs. No, it doesn't mean that because, you know, you know we started off 6-2 and and ended up 7-9. and You know, 6-2, and you're supposed to make the playoffs, right? So. I'm just going to ease off onto onto the things till I get to around November to see uh, what this team is. Um, But, yeah, as far as those two players, I mean, they're they're, they're damn near playing identical ball right now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's too early, like Bryson said. I will say this. I have been pleasantly surprised with Sam Darnold. I think he's played well so far. And I also think Teddy Bridgewater has played well so far in the situation he's been in. I'll leave it at this. Sam Darnold at 888 yards. He's got 888 yards, three touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns an interception and a 66 QBR. Teddy Bridgewater through three games last year, the first three weeks, he played the chargers, the Buccaneers and Raiders. He had 871 yards two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Take that as w- as you will.
2: This Real is quick, a- Go I just ahead. want to say, I know you was talking about um, uh, schedules. Just take a peek ahead. Um, uh, about to find out what uh, Teddy all about because the uh, Nets coming scheduled, uh, week four, they got Baltimore, week five, Pittsburgh, uh, week six, the Raiders. Pittsburgh is shit. But, yeah, I got gotcha. you <laughs> Their defense is no, the, no. Yeah, offense. defense. That offense. I mean, that pass by Ben Roethlisberger. Good God, I was like,
1: <laughs> he's terrible. He's so bad. I, I was. They need to call a, Cam Newton uh, up. Yeah, yeah I Cam was. Up. I was arguing with a with a Steelers fan on Twitter today about how they need to give Cam Newton a call. But yeah, yeah I've been arguing yeah, big a so, about So their
2: pass. next, so the Broncos next five games: Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Vegas, uh, Cleveland, and Washington. You know, you talking about five. That's a terrible schedule. And they've lost
0: Hamler. I mean, Hamler, that guy, Teddy's like Hamler. That's been, he's thrown to him a lot. So losing him ain't going to help either. So.
2: Oh, yep. So you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> That's a hard. Story. I just wanted to bring,
0: I, I, I'm not a big fan of bringing up other, I don't, I could give two shits what Teddy's doing, but I know you guys <laughs> both, I just wanted to cue that and see what Just you have fun. Have. Yeah. I got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about Dallas. Cause I, feel this is the biggest test for the Panthers. I think this week, this weekend, Sunday, one o'clock game. Cowboys coming off a huge win last night over the Eagles, 41-21. Let's just start this, you know, kind of see what's the keys to the game for you guys. What are you, what are you thinking? And then we'll end with predictions. We don't have to go there yet, but let's just talk about this matchup.
1: Yeah, I know uh, I, the thing I'm going to be watching is the Panthers' D-line versus the Cowboys' O-line. Uh, the Cowboys do have a very good offensive line that um, they've had it seems like the Cowboys every year have a good offensive line and uh, it's just something they're good at but you know uh, uh all around the other parts of the roster not so much but but their offensive line is normally pretty good Uh and then the Panthers D line us as Panthers fans know we have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL so it's going to be a good matchup Uh, you know the Saints offensive line is one of the best in the NFL as well they were missing a couple players there but but I think that this is going to be the the like you said. Um, I think the the biggest test, especially for the defense, um, that we've had up to this point, uh, the D line versus the O line, uh, the Cowboys wide receivers and Dak versus the Panthers secondary. Hopefully, CJ Henderson can get up to speed and play because we need him. We need him versus CD Lamb and Amari Cooper uh, and Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, and uh, even this guy Albert Wilson, who played good versus the Eagles. Um, you know, I, I think the Cowboys. It, well, let me preface it by saying I'm a huge Dak Prescott fan. I, I love Dak Prescott. Uh, he's besides the Panthers. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL. Uh, just his story and the way that he goes about himself. I, I'm a huge fan of his. And I think Dak Prescott is a top five quarterback in the league right now. Uh, he's playing elite football. I mean, just elite. He's he has full control of that offense and he doesn't make very many mistakes. So it's going to be a, a tough test for Carolina um, on defense, and we're going to see what this defense is really made of. I think the, I well, I hope the defensive line is going to be able to get home and, and disrupt Dak a little bit and the secondary can hold up. But I'll get into my prediction after you guys kind of give your synopsis. But, but I think it's definitely going to be a test.
2: Yeah, well, for me, um, you know, Dallas runs a different type of, of offense that our defense have, haven't seen yet. Um, what I mean is that they run they run power they run man blocking um, schemes. They they're not trying to zone nothing. They're just trying to line up, um, get a hat on a hat, and move you out the way. So this is going to be a game where the Panthers' defensive line is going to have to definitely uh, definitely maintain gap integrity because uh, you know that you know Zeke and Tony Pollard don't mind cutting it back up against the grain against you and um, off to the races. Uh, but they got they they seem to still like that Smash Mouth line up and just you know try to cram it down your throat even though Dak has all these weapons at his disposal. So for me, from um when the when the um, Cowboys got the ball and we're on defense, you know for me it's still gonna be stopping a run. Um, I think we need to definitely neutralize Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Uh, Tony Pollard's kind of taking on that, even though he's a running back, he's kind of been doing those things kind of like how. Curtis Samuel's been doing for us, you know, they've been putting in motion jet sweeps and he seems to be what they're using to, you know, hit the edges, you know, off tackle, outside type plays. Uh, he'll still take it up the middle um, every once in a while. Um, I'm not going to make too much out of what they did last night against the Eagles because I mean, the Eagles defense was just a shit show. That's that's, they're not going to have that. So if anything, I almost wanting them to be overconfident, <laughs> you know, thinking that, okay, this is what we are so that we can give them a rude fucking awakening, you know, one o'clock Sunday. Um, And then on the flip side, when the Panthers had an offense, uh, you know, i like for them to take advantage of the middle of this Cowboys defense. Um, I know that they got Randy Gregory at one end and Michael Parsons at the other. Uh, But when I look at their defensive tackles and middle linebacker, uh, I'm seeing some opportunities. So even though we... You know, we've read about our interior offensive line Is this was an ever an opportunity for them to get right. I mean, we're looking at the defensive tackles. Um, Carlos Wat- Watkins, uh, some guy named O.C. Dizawai. And then they got injury-riddled Leighton Vander Esch, who's not the mobile guy that he used to be. Nope. Now, um, Dan Quinn, who's the defense coordinator, did bring over a couple of his uh, Falcons with him. Um they actually got former safety uh Cam O'Neill playing linebacker now. And um the safety uh what's his name? Um Casey. Casey you know, that was the one that got that nasty hit on Cam when yep. the Smith, you know, upped him in Atlanta and you know, for it. So can't um, stand that son of a bitch. Right. Yeah. So so they're <laughs> Fuck on there that now. guy. Yeah, he's
1: he's a dirty motherfucker, he's what he is. <laughs>
2: so yeah, so I I I think there's opportunities for us to take advantage of the middle of the field. Um, against this Cowboys defense, uh, even though the score didn't indicate, but in the first half, uh, the Eagles were having a way with this Cowboys defense, and I think that we, um, I think that we can apply the same type of pressure. Uh, could this potentially be a shootout? Huh. Mm. With our defense, I, I don't see it, but you know they do have the weapons there, um, because you know when you look at the matchup, uh, who's going to cover Amari Cooper? Who's going to cover C.D. Lamb? Um, you know, that Prescott's first half, he had 13 completions, 10 where they were they either running backs or tight ends and only three to wide receivers. So, you know, as challenged that wide receivers are, he don't mind nickel and diamond you know, bootlegging, like he kept hitting that tight end over and over in that bootleg just repeatedly. Yep. So our linebackers have definitely, definitely got to, uh, you know, stay on their keys. That's why I say we got to stop the run first to take away the effectiveness of that play action. Yeah,
0: this is going to be a boring answer, but this game's going to be one in the trenches. Offensive line versus defensive line. Who's going to show up for the Panthers on the offensive line? I wrote my notes, too. Dalton Schultz, he had a hell of a game versus the Eagles, that tight end for Dallas. You don't hear about that guy much. Dak Prescott, Bryson mentioned he's looked flawless this year. Could be a possible candidate for MVP. He played really well. Only uh, five incompletions in the game. Um, They got a good tandem going with Elliott and Pollard. They got to be able to stop that, the run. Um, Carolina's facing, I would say, close to the Saints, probably arguably the best offensive line they're going to play this season. So it's going to be a test for the defense. Defensively for Dallas, you got to look out for Trevon Diggs. That guy, he had a pick yesterday. He's had a pick in all three games this season. The guy's, he's been good. You know, Dallas seemed, I feel like Dallas is going to give up a lot of yards on defense, but then they're going to get a lot of turn. They're a turnover defensive team. They get a lot of turnovers. So that's something to watch and kind of scares me with Darnold with his fumbling. I think he's had three or four. I don't want to be wrong on this. I know he had two last game. I think he's had three fumbles or more now. So that's something to look at. Micah Parsons, that guy is all over the field. They had him playing D.N. this game with some injuries, three tackles, half a sack, tackle for loss, QB hit, pass deflection. The guy's all over the fucking field. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Line him up against Taylor and We won't hear his name once. So.
0: Well, Taylor Moen didn't have a good game last week. Yeah. I'll t- tell you Taylor that.
2: Taylor was ass last week. He was just so, pure. I, I, I believe in ass. my guy.
0: I believe. I hope God. you're right. I really yeah. do. But this—he's—he's he's gonna have a bounce back game. He—he he will. I also—he's too so. good. But that uh, Dallas defense, uh, people don't—you need... You can't be sleeping on. them. Again, they're gonna They'll give up yards. But this Carolina offensive line scares the shit out of me right now. After what we've seen versus the Texans, that there was some hits. I mean, if the if Texans had a better offensive team, that game could have went another way. So. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a tough one. They, I mean, uh, Kevin mentioned this to Amari Cooper, CD lamb, that's going to be tough, man. And then you, you had Elliott and Pollard in there and then Dak, Dak can run. I mean, he, he, he can run the ball too. So that's another, another thing you got to look out for. So I think Carolina's got their hands full this week. I really do. Just Absolutely. one thing, one, one thing to note. then this is interesting too. Um, Panthers are the only team not to trail in a game this season. I don't know if I like that. I mean, it's great. Of course I like that. But I don't – it's one of those things like you kind of wish they did because you you wish they had that experience. That kind of scares me a little bit too, though. Yeah,
1: yeah you, you want to see what Sam Darnold does playing from behind. And yeah, exactly. He's, if he's able to lead like a touchdown drive. Does that drive add to get, pressure? Get yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I'm right there with you, man.
0: Well, um, guys, let's, let's talk about it. Do you, you know, Carolina is one of five teams right now. That's undefeated. Bryson said it 75% chance a three, and O team makes the playoffs. Do you think, let's just go to prediction. Do you think Carolina wins this one? You got a score. What, what do we got here?
1: Yeah, I think around, uh, what it'll be like four 30. What was their, well, let's go to the five. betting.
0: Let's go to the betting lines. What, what was, what were they again? I know you tweeted something out today. What was it, Bryce? Yeah. The Panthers are a uh, five point underdogs
1: uh, at Dallas. Um, you know, the home team normally gets some points. You didn't uh, like that. You didn't no, like I, didn't. That I, I didn't. I didn't. I <laughs> didn't at all. Um, the Carolina Panthers are undefeated, but they, they, they get no respect because of the teams they played uh, according to people. So, um, I think around 4 o'clock on Sunday, the Carolina Panthers are going to be 4-0. Uh, I think that they're they're going to beat Dallas. Uh, I think Dow- uh, Dak is going to challenge this defense like nothing that they've been challenged by before the season. Um, but I think Carolina wins
0: 28-21. So is, uh, is that the highest-scoring game Carolina's played this year? Yep. Am I wrong 20, on that? Okay. 28-21. Best offense 28-21. Played, Kevin, you're torn. Kevin,
2: you're torn. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Dallas do pre- do pre- uh, do present some legit threats that could um, definitely um, definitely give us a lot of fits and troubles. Uh, you know, uh, like I say, if Taylor Moten has a bounce back game, that'll relieve half my worries. Um, and as far as uh, you know, Diggs, the cornerback they got, you know, if y'all watch that play it's easy to pick it off when, when a wide receiver falls down, you know? Yeah. You're right. You're right. Three
0: three picks in three games. That's pretty fucking good. That ain't a fluke. That ain't a
2: fluke. No, no, no. He's definitely talented. He was someone that, uh, (laughs) that we definitely have, uh, did, um, watched in the, um, in the draft last year. So yeah, he's definitely, uh, uh, he's definitely a legit, uh, playmaker here. Um, what Think about with a Dan Quinn defense. You know, typically they always been a cover three defense um, here, so we got to look 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 to take advantage of that. But with the dishes they got, they may try to run a little bit more, man. So we just got to be in position to take advantage. Uh, you know, with, with that being said, I still I still like to uh, see us take advantage of them at, at their linebacker position. I um, mean, you know, they do got you know Jalen Smith, um, but you know they got a Leighton Vander and a can uh, O'Neal playing um, against a run. Yeah, that's one thing, but, um, you know, in the past against our tight ends and running backs, I like to think that we got the advantage. But uh, as far as the final score prediction, I'm going to say, let's see, Dallas. I'm going to say Carolina 27. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Dallas 16.
0: Wow! So we can win remember. by eleven versus Dallas. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Well, I, I again, I think it's. I think the game's going to be won or lost in the trenches. I think Keys and I've been preaching this all year. Is, it's obvious third down efficiency in the third quarter. Can Carolina score touchdowns in the third quarter? Can they have a good third down deficiency? They were 45% last game, a slight drop from the week before, but definitely better than the first week. I think that's going to be key. Can they create a turnover off Dak? Carolina hasn't had a lot of turnovers this year. Can they get an interception on him? I think that's going to be huge. I think Dallas is going to be too much for Carolina. I do. I think the offensive line is going to struggle. Sam's going to get hit a lot. He might throw an interception, might fumble the ball. I think Dallas wins this one 24-17 by a touchdown. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I really hope they come away and win this thing, and finally this fucking league gives them some respect. But I think think it's going to be a tough one in Dallas. It's going to be the injury to J.C., You'd hope to see Henderson out there. I don't know if he's going to be there. It's tough to say right now. Justin Burris, I IR. you got Sean Chandler and uh, Sam Franklin coming in. Yeah. So that's, it's going to be a bigger game for them too, and see if they can, you know, stay home back there against some of these, you know, pretty good wide receivers. So I just think Dallas is going to be too much for them if they play. If if Carolina can play like the Chargers did, keep that score low. I think the Chargers, what was that game? The charge or Cowboys won twenty to seventeen. But if they can keep a game like that going against the Cowboys, I think they have a shot. But if it comes into a shootout, I don't. I don't know if they can do it. I don't. I. Yeah. I, I, that's just my opinion, and that's uh, again. I'll go 24-17 on that.
1: I I just I have a hard time seeing it being a shootout with the way the Panthers' defense is playing, but I do too. But you know, it definitely is a possibility. I mean, that's everybody has a bad day, um, uh, eventually at some point. So, and you
0: know, hopefully it, they can get home the deck. Maybe they can and limit you know Elliot and, and Pollard and,
1: and. And I will say this: I think that the Cowboys' defensive line, so far through this will be our fourth game, they have the third best defensive line that we faced. I think the Jets. And the Saints have a better defensive line than the Cowboys do. And you can – there might be people that even argue the Texans have a better defensive line than the Cowboys do. So, I, I don't know if the offensive line is going to struggle as much as, as you think they are. Um, I think that this could be a get-right game for the offensive line. So, uh, we'll see. The, the thing that scares me the most is, is definitely Zeke and the, the wide receivers just – with the secondary being thin – um, with uh with uh, Amari and C D and they're two super talented wide receivers. So we'll see, but I'm I'm hoping for a Panthers win.
2: Um I'm just excited to see how um our team responds to um you know the uh, the injuries and the uh the new players being added. Uh you know looking at you know not on Chuba, Chuba Hubbard but uh, Royce Freeman as well. Um definitely definitely want to see um, how that's going to look, um, and just to see what what uh, what they do at uh, quarterbacks. You know who who gets to start opposite of um, of um, Dante Jackson now. You know, do we throw a AJ Bowie in automatically, or do we do we do we let another rookie take over? You know, Keith uh, Taylor. Um, do we do we put the old man out there? You know, Melvin. I mean, you know, just. You know, is it going to be by committee? You know, who knows? You know, um, but I, I definitely just hope that whatever Phil uh, Snow does, that allows us to maintain the same level um, that we've that we've always had that we that we've had so far this season. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, one wh- one thing we got going for us, which is good, is Mike McCarthy. I mean, we haven't even talked about that that dipshit. Not calling his time clock management reminds me of Ron Rivera. I mean, I mean, seriously, the guy had about 45 seconds, I think, last game before the half. And
1: yeah, the, the ref asked him if he wanted to take a <laughs> 10 and, and he was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Like, that makes no sense. You could get the ball back with 40 seconds on the clock. Your offense is playing lights out. You could score again before half. And he's like, No, I'm good. We're up 20 to seven. Let's we'll take that to half. But that's like the most cowardice coaching in the league. And that's not how you win games. But I, I, they were playing the Eagles, so they were lucky.
0: Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think we'll leave it at that. I, it's going to be a fun one this weekend. I'm excited, and hopefully, Carolina proves me wrong and come out four an oh man, uh, it would be awesome. Kevin, I thank you again for coming on. Always, always filling in on the last minute. We had someone cancel on us today, so we appreciate you for time around the show. It's always good to talk to you and. I'm sure we'll have you back here shortly. Thank you, Kev. Hey,
2: fellas. I, I enjoyed it always. Um, it's always great chopping it up, getting, you know, different perspectives, and uh, I look forward to the next time.
0: We'd just like to thank Kevin again for coming on. Always a pleasure getting his insight on the big linemen up front and just the Panthers in general across the board. Now let's get to our draft picks of the week.
1: All right, Curtis, I'll start us off this week here. Uh, I got lucky and found a really interesting beer at my local low Foods um, today. It is a Peaches a la Mode beer from Old Hickory Brewing in Hickory, North Carolina. Um, it is a Berliner Weiss tart wheat beer with real peaches and milk sugars. It's a 4%. Um, and, and like I said, it's in Hickory, North Carolina, not very far from here, like 30 minutes from from where we are in Winston. Uh, it was delicious uh, like I told you it's it was really unlike anything I've tasted before in a beer I mean it was it was peachy it was definitely peachy and I'm a huge peach fan but you could also taste like the the, the milk sugars that they say are in there and then also it was it kind of gave me a little bit of a sour beer taste um I highly Is it recommend like a blue
0: moon or no it.
1: no not like a blue moon uh, it, it was more of like a a sour beer um like just Uh, general sour beer but uh, I've never tried Old Hickory Brewing before and um, I'm really interested to try some more because I saw a different beer there that I might grab for next week Um, a different kind of pie beer uh, that I'm really interested to try but absolutely recommend it Old Hickory Brewing, Peaches a la mode
0: Yeah I'm drinking, we went to this brewery for the game on last Thursday New Serum in Salisbury and I'm uh, this is a Yadkin River Lager It's, it's a really good beer. I, I ended up buying, I think like a six pack of them, uh, 6.3%, which is a little bit higher alcohol for a lager. I thought it's a very, it's pretty, it's a pretty light beer. It says it's influenced by German brewing techniques and new age American ingredients, unique hybrid Pilsner brewed with hyper local Carolina malt house, Pilsner malt, flake corn, flake barley, and a classic German lager yeast strain. It's a really smooth beer. I love it. I will definitely go back here just to get their beer. Seriously, it's it's a good one. Um, go give this one a try again. New Serum and Salisbury Brewing Company are in Salisbury, North Carolina. Yadkin River Lager. All a lot, they got a lot of beers that are good. I mean, you you were there, you liked a lot of them. So Absolutely. yeah, go give uh, them a try.
1: Yeah, shout out to Cheer City, right? For having us there. And then um, just a little. Kind of FYI, we're, we're trying to get the um, Camel City Riot back up and going here in Winston. So if you listen to us and you're local, um, reach out to us on Facebook and and look up Camel City Riot, Camel City Rowing Riot on Facebook and join the group. I think they got close to like 300 members on there right now. Uh, we're looking at a couple of different places to start getting the our chapter back together and watching games and events going. So um, just kind of get involved and, and give us a, your opinion on a couple of places that we're going to post a poll about and um, we would love to see you guys out.
0: Yeah, I always give the love to the Roaring Riot. It's If you aren't part of it, join it. it you not, you won't regret it. You get connected to so many fans, and especially if you got a local chapter, it's good to get out and watch games with fans. We just want to thank everyone for listening to Panthers on Tap. You can catch all of our episodes every Thursday wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Panthers on Tap, for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always...